When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Thursday, June 24th. And maybe by the time you're listening to this, we will have already gotten the final third estimate of GDP. That's first quarter growth. It's expected to be the same as it was the second estimate, which was a 6.4% annualized pace. If you have not listened to last weekend's podcast with guest Diane Swank, you really should. It was a great overview of where we are in the economy. So you can check that out. If you missed it, you can hop onto the website, jillonmoney.com and everything is there. So, you know, just do the listen tab and you'll get it. This is the program that is trying to help you navigate your financial life. We do that by encouraging you to send us your questions. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And sometimes we answer your question and we want to follow up. So Anxious in Connecticut had sent us a question about um, the fact that she had lost her job in the travel industry. And she said, you know, I'm, I'm 64 and she was planning to work until she was 70. And so she was sort of thinking about all this stuff. But then she said when she ran her numbers with Vanguard, it said that that they were fine until age 100. And then I said, well, follow up and let me know some more about you. So here's the deal. Anxious in Connecticut says, uh, thanks for getting back to me. My Vanguard is worth $752,000. Right now I'm planning for the worst case that I don't find a job or I get turned down for unemployment insurance when I apply after severance is stopped from my employer. I have actually never claimed unemployment before, so I'm hoping I get it this time around. Okay, she thinks that she'll get it. My monthly expenses from now until end of January are fourth, about, let's call it 4100 a month. You know, next year she's going to qualify for Medicare, then her her numbers will drop down, right? Cuz Medicare will kick in. Her husband is a veteran. He's got Medicare A and B. He'll use a local VA for supplements and prescriptions. So his medical is just about 150 a month. Excess every month goes to savings. The current savings is 7,000. Okay, 
as she gets older, her town is going to reduce her home taxes by $600 a month? What? Mark, is that unbelievable or what? Holy smokes. So what she says is when she looks at it, it says that her out of the 750 that the Vanguard bucket means that she should get about $4,300 a month. Um, when she's 70 and she gets Social Security, she can reduce the Vanguard monthly payment. I think I can squeak by on this. What do you think? I think she can. Look, I, I wouldn't just throw it out and say, I'm not going to get a job. I think that there are a lot of people who want to hire smart folks. I have a feeling you're going to get something. I really do. But that said, even if you weren't to get it, you, you can always kind of you could kind of squeeze the expenses a little bit. It really is just waiting until you get that nice chunk of moolah from Social Security. Okay, Troy says, I have the option of a traditional 401k and a Roth 401k at work. The Roth is new and I've been contributing to the traditional for 20 years. I'm wondering if switching my contribution to the Roth is a better option. Here are the numbers. I'm 44 years old. I've got $265,000 in my traditional. I contribute 5% of my $74,000 salary currently. And 5% doesn't seem like so much, but you know, Troy says I'm going to try to increase it by 1% a year. That's great. Typically, my employer contributes 5% of my salary, holy moly, once a year. But with the pandemic, it was reduced to 3%. That's sort of more standard, actually. I'm curious if leaving the traditional as is and going with the Roth matters. Growth over time with traditional with no contributions. I haven't checked with my 401k provider, but maybe there's an option to convert my traditional to the Roth. Thank you in in advance for any advice. Okay, Troy, absolutely positively start using that Roth 401k. Your salary level, you didn't mention whether you're married or not, so I'm going to just presume that you are single. Your salary level puts you in the 22% tax bracket. I think that that's uh, a great place to start using the the Roth. And, you know, I mean, you could potentially start moving some money over, but that really depends on whether you have the money available outside of retirement to pay the tax that's due. I wouldn't worry about that. Here's what I would think about. Number one, use the Roth. Number two, maybe you can contribute a little bit more into your retirement more quickly over time. You didn't really mention other constraints on your budget, but you know, if you can do 1% a year, that's great. Maybe you can do it 1% every six months and see how that works out. But yes, go ahead, use the Roth. Good luck. Congratulations. Welcome to the world of Roth. Okay. Bob writes, I recently retired um, last fall. I have two pensions and my wife and I have a half a million dollars in traditional and Roth IRAs. We both collect social security and we've been getting along fine without dipping into our retirement savings. Hmm. Okay. My question for many financial advisors and financial newsletters recommend six to 12 months worth of living expenses and a readily available cash reserve. We currently have eight months. Why do you recommend 12 to 24 months for someone that's already retired? We live a quiet lifestyle. We don't travel much and surround ourselves with family and friends. What's your reasoning for needing two years of emergency funds at age 69 and no earnings to lose? I'm wondering why I need to jack up a bank account earning basically 0%. I love the show and all that you offer each week, at least when the Red Sox don't preempt your program, Bob. 
Oh, I must be listening in New England somewhere. Okay. So here's why I think that people who are retired need a little bit extra money. The reason is that I never want you to feel like you're forced to dip into your retirement assets at the wrong time. So here's how I see this going down. You're, you're fine. You're 69 right now. You live well, right? What happens if you need something, you need money from this account for an emergency? What could an emergency be? I don't know, a healthcare emergency. Healthcare emergencies are really expensive. And so what would be good in my mind is to know that I have one to two years. It doesn't have to be in a bank. It can be, you know, your six to 12 months could be maybe in partially in a bank account, but maybe it's in a high yield money market account. But the problem is that I know that it seems like wasted, but when you need it, you really need it. And care can be very expensive. Healthcare can be very expensive. Something interim, what if you had a a moment where you needed to spend money that you're waiting to get reimbursed from an insurance company? All these things argue for being more conservative, not less. So that's my sense of it. Look, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. You can keep your money um, invested and then just, you know, if that were to happen, then you just have to pull the plug and maybe It won't matter. Maybe the market will be up, but if it's down, you're going to think back and say, I should have listened to that girl, Jill. She, she had something there. Ron writes earlier in June, you answered an email from someone whose parents did not have a will and explained what a hot mess it would be when they die. I'm single and I don't have a formal will, but I did a transfer on death for my house, which is appraised for $305,000 and it's paid off. I downloaded a Virginia-specific transfer-on-death form for $39 and recorded it at the county courthouse for $29. I notified the beneficiary, which is an animal sanctuary, so they can get out my cats. (laughs) I have a handwritten will for the rest of my junk, nothing of great value, beneficiaries for my IRAs. I guess the question is, do you see any problems with that? You know what? Like, no, I, I I think it's fine. You have a transfer on death, but I still think that you probably are leaving somebody the, I don't know who's the, who would you, you've written out about the rest of your junk and, and who the executor or executrix would be of your estate, but you're still leaving that person with a little bit more of a administrative headache. And then if you've gone this far and you've downloaded the transfer on death form and recorded it, Why not just go to Policy Genius and pop a will out? And by the way, who's your healthcare proxy? What if something happens to you? Who is the person who would be making a decision for your healthcare if you were not able to? And who's the person who will, you know, basically be the executor or the executrix and give that person a heads up? It's not that expensive. How much are these online wills? Like a couple hundred bucks, Mark, or, or less? Probably even less. So if it's for a couple hundred bucks, then go do that. Okay. All right. Now we're getting into it, gang. This is fantastic. We've been talking about an alternative to the FIRE movement. And uh, FIRE is financial independence, retire early. And I've already come out of the closet as someone who is uh, frightened of retiring early for myself. So that's why it's tough. So we had come up with listener Marshall who said uh, financial independence, new endeavor. That's fine. And then there was Fiero, which I don't want to set aside so much, but we kind of have. But financial independence enables retirement options. Here comes Arcelia, who says, hey, Jill and Mark, I love the podcast. I listen daily. And I had an idea for a new acronym instead of FIRE. How about FIST? You ready, Mark? 
financial independence so that. I kind of like that. So fist, financial independence so that dot, 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 like you fill in the blank. Okay. I coined this term because my family and I are living that life now. My wife is retired military. I will be too by the end of next summer. Between pensions and the magical ability (laughs) to live within our means, we are technically financially independent. My wife is pursuing her passion as a college professor so that she can train the next generation of nurses. I will be pursuing my dream of becoming a fee-only financial planner so that I can impact and influence people's financial decisions and help facilitate generational change. Nothing wrong with retiring early if that is your so that, but leaving it open for the possibility of what could be, that's even better. Arcelia, I got to tell you, I like it. It's fantastic. And I can't thank you enough for writing. If you guys are coming up with new acronyms all the time, I don't know what I'm going to do. So far, we've got Fine, Fiero, Fist, we got it all. And we are always encouraged by your thoughtfulness. And thank you so much for that. It really, this show does not exist without you. It, it just, it really does hearten the work that Mark and I do. It's, it's a ton of work to do this show. We love doing it. And your community, what we've built here, it's, it means everything to us. So, okay, just closing out the show as always. Don't forget, hop onto the website, jillonmoney.com. You can subscribe to our sister podcast, Eye on Money, just like that, right there on the website. Don't forget to do something nice for someone else today. Grit, growth, grace, and yes, a little bit of gratitude can always help you get through the day. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.